Hi everyone, and welcome to the Business of Customer Love podcast, brought to you by Mention Me. I'm your host, Simeon Atkins, and thanks for joining us today. Growing your brand through customer love might seem like an idea that belongs in the company cafe rather than the boardroom. But identifying, growing, and activating a base of loyal fans is serious business, and the results of harnessing customer advocacy can be truly transformational for both your company and your customers. We gather experts from across the space to shine a light on how you can unleash a virtuous cycle of sustainable organic growth where your best customers keep coming back and bringing their friends too. So let's get into today's episode. So I'm delighted to be joined today by Sari Gardner, Chief Experience Officer at CEO Coaching International. Sari, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. So you're here today to talk about how brands can master the three levels of personalization to attract and retain more of their best customers. Before we get started, do you want to give a quick introduction to our listeners? Yes, I'd be happy to. So most relevant to the podcast and our conversation today um, is that I've worked in customer experience management for almost 20 years, which I think is really before customer experience, customer experience management would even be considered its own discipline. So... Um, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, here in the U.S., and my first job when I moved here, I was hired to conduct satisfaction surveys by phone uh, with clients of the company that I worked for, and I had studied marketing in college and was particularly interested in the area of marketing research, so I could see where doing this, um, these phone surveys and the satisfaction research had some similarities. Um, Through that, I really embraced that. I earned the ability to challenge how we were approaching that work. And um, at about that time, Fred Reichel published the one number you need to grow in the Harvard Business Review. And then that's when NPS or Net Promoter Score was gaining momentum. So from conducting the phone surveys and improving our survey at that company, it then became about analyzing the data, delivering insights, and then it moved into um, how to help the organization take action on the data and track progress. And then from there, designing better experiences and ultimately at the end of the day, impacting organizational culture. And so that is basically my path to how I became a CX leader. And I've had the privilege of leading the experience management efforts for several organizations. And, and as you said in the introduction today, I'm CXO for CEO Coaching International, which is a firm that provides high impact business coaching to CEOs by former CEOs. Fabulous. You certainly come a long way from the uh, the phone surveys back in the day then. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. So as tradition on the show, to get things kicked off, I'd love for you to share a time recently where as a consumer, you experienced customer love firsthand and really what impact that had on you as a consumer. Yeah, so I would say, you know, I knew you were going to ask this. And so I thought about it a bit. And I have certainly had experiences that felt seamless or that exceeded my expectations. But I had to check them against this question of whether they really demonstrated a love for customers, uh, because that feels like a pretty high bar. So um, in thinking about it, I would have to say uh, the most recent was at the end of last year um, into the beginning of this year. So we had experienced a leak in our second floor primary bathroom and um, decided because of that, we were going to pursue a larger remodel. And um, having had not the best experiences with contractors in, in the past, I don't know that we went into it with extremely high expectations, um, but we hired a company that sincerely surprised me with the level of care and concern 
um, attention to detail, and probably most importantly, communication. Um, they would give us timelines and then they'd actually deliver on the promises, which was pretty unique, <laughs> at least compared to previous experiences. So, um, you know, they would bring subcontractors on the job. We get the same level of, of service. And so, in fact, when we actually hired our own to do the paint, that was the only experience, uh, part of that whole experience that was disappointing. So we went back to them and we said, hey, can you help us out? Can we get this over the finish line? And they quickly brought somebody else in and, and helped us rectify it. And so it felt like they really understood their service from the lens of the homeowner and were really intentional about making every step of that feel very easy. And so that is one that, um, you know, I just can't say enough nice things about them. And I actually do actively recommend them. Big surprise, right? <laughs> Uh, that's a fabulous example. And I actually really like the fact that you had to really think about this because I do think that there is a big difference between, to your point, general customer service, getting good customer service and actually customer experience and customer love that would actually drive you to start recommending a brand. So I think it's nice that we're able to kind of highlight that um, and really call that out. And that, that's a great example. Now, I know from speaking with you before the show that you're incredibly passionate about the topic of personalization. So I'm really excited to get into this subject with you today. To get things kicked off, could you share some of the key trends that you see developing around personalization and customer experience this year that businesses should be made aware of? Yes. Yeah, so I would say one that comes strongly to mind is just the change in how we view personalization. So I think Historically, when we think about that, the first thing that comes to mind is if you like this product, you'll like this product and, you know, offering things based on buying behavior. And what we're seeing is that there are so many opportunities for leveraging personalization in the customer journey beyond just some of those marketing touch points. And so that is that is certainly one one trend seeing there. Um, expectations for a seamless experience. So I think this has been building for a number of years, but customers expect brands to make it easy to work with them and to have a seamless unified experience. They don't want to experience a organization's individual departments as silos. They want to understand that um, when they engage with a brand, that all of these different areas are talking and sharing information to um, again, going back to seamless, make that easy. Um, predictive, I think just the idea that we can be more predictive in anticipating customer needs. And that really, really connects very strongly to this idea of personalization. Um, and then I think another one that is really important not to lose sight of is just around data privacy. Um, so I saw it referred to somewhere as privacy conscious personalization, mm -hmm. but you know, essentially creating um, and continuously incre creating that kind of level of transparency about what data are we collecting, how are we using it, and moving away from you know, sort of the traditional third-party cookies to get some of that data to um, find creative ways to gain that data from a first-party perspective too. Um, you know, I think that when we, we talk about personalization, you will hear customers tell stories and they'll use the word creepy. So I felt like uh, I felt like my device was listening to me. Well, probably because it was, but 
also, you know, how, how you use that, um, how you communicate, how you're using that data and set expectations so that you mitigate that feeling of, I guess, um, for lack of a better word, creepiness. Yeah, I think that the um, just coming back to your point about the seamless experience, that's one that I can relate to firsthand. Recently, I've had a uh, a not so great experience with a with a company where I've been passed from department to department, and every time they're asking me the same questions, we're going back mm. to square one each time, and then having to go through that process time and time again. So you're absolutely right. I think that's a big one. Um, and this point around, I guess, personalization and data privacy. I'm sure that's quite a tricky balance for for brands to be able to find, really, because they need, obviously, they need the data and the understanding to be able to create personalized experiences. But to your point, as a consumer, you don't want to feel like something creepy is going on where they know sort of too much about you. So I'm not sure what your thoughts are in terms of striking the balance between uh, personalization and data privacy. From my perspective and from what I have seen, I think that striking the balance becomes easier if you, again, have that transparency. And if you allow people to understand what you're doing with that information and um, opt out, a lot of times people um, people will opt out, but you'll have a lot of people that will not opt out, especially if you can provide a compelling what's in it for them to engage at that level and provide that information. Um, so I think I think that helps to strike that balance. And again, I think finding some of those uh, creative ways that people uh, are able to find that first party data um, in terms of creating communities that their, their customers can engage in, um, having their own apps where they can, you know, surface up things that that customer might, might want to engage with, um, surveys, uh, also I would say, you know, quizzes and things of that nature. So we've, we can see where, you know, there's different ways that, that are fun for the customer to engage, but also at the end of the day, I think as long as you're being honest with them about that. Yep. That makes complete sense. Um, so as we alluded to at the top of the show, you're here today to talk about the three levels of personalization. So I think just to get things kicked off, would you mind explaining to us exactly what the three levels actually are? Uh, yeah. So when we think about personalization, we can frame it around three levels, which are reactive, customer selective, and proactive. So to start, Companies need to be sure that they've at least implemented this idea of reactive personalization. And basically what this is, is where a brand has some sort of mechanism for listening to their customers and going back and reacting to their feedback. So when we ask for feedback or we obtain feedback because our customers have offered it to us, the extent to which we are able to reflect that back to them and let them know what we heard, that helps them to feel heard. And that's really the cornerstone of personalization is a customer feeling like they are heard and that you are adapting to meet those needs that they have. Um, So reacting and responding effectively is essential. But if you want to move to those higher levels of personalization, brands really need to be sure that they're also understanding what customers like about an experience so that they can do more of that. And then also, I would say, implementing at least a basic level of customer segmentation so that you have that ability to uncover trends about how the experience is hitting with different cohorts of customers. 
yeah, that makes complete sense. Um, I'd really be just to kind of follow on from that. Um, I know as part of your role, you speak to a lot of uh, senior executives um, about this topic. I'd love to sort of dive into, you know, what are people at the very top of companies thinking about when it comes to personalization? Is this something that they are actively prioritizing? Is this something that you're having to go in and kind of, you know, really educate them on? I'd love to kind of get that perspective from you as well. I think there is some level of education because the the way we think about personalization is evolving. And with technology and AI and so many things that are rapidly creating, uh, innovating, we have so many more opportunities to leverage personalization. And so I think um, it is, it, it is to some extent, a little bit of education and opening opening people's horizons to see that you can go beyond uh, just that marketing, again, that marketing, traditional marketing, if you buy this, um, you might like this, or serving up content based on some checkboxes that they put on a um, subscription page. And so, you know, painting the picture for how you can leverage some of uh, these new and emerging technologies to do that. But also going back to the basics to some extent, you know, there is a, a lot of, I mean, two things, there's a lot of data that is needed to do personalization effectively, especially if you're going to need to do it with any kind of scale. And a lot of organizations are still very challenged with their, their data strategies. Um, so really making sure that there's an understanding of what are some of the fundamentals that you need to have in place as well. And, um, on, on the heels of that is also just a customer understanding too. So if you you can implement um, some of these really terrific technologies and you can have the data, but if you don't have an understanding of how to um, elicit those emotions and get that response from the customers that's, that's going to deliver uh, what, what they need, then at the end of the day, you're probably going to miss your um, objectives and results related to implementing personalization. That makes complete sense. And, and would you say, just kind of final question on this particular topic, um, is, is personalization and, and customer experience something that the senior leaders are putting a lot of priority behind? Is it something that they see the value in? Um, because, you know, obviously they'll be looking at, you know, sales, how many um, products they're shifting, but fundamentally the experience that they're providing to their customers, is this something that business leaders really are starting to prioritize more, would you say? Yes. And and I think it bears out when we see different studies done with CEOs or, or other company leaders saying that this is, this is an area that they are very concerned with, uh, customer experience over the last decade or so has uh, risen on that list of things that they're concerned with. And uh, this goes, you know, part part and parcel with that in terms of having that next level of experience and, and really delivering the kind of differentiation in your product or service that is going to help you grow and be a market leader. Um, you know, as we exist today, it's, it's many things are very easy to duplicate. And so you have a lot of things that historically had unique differentiators that become a little bit more commoditized. And so the extent to which you can 
capture this this area of personalization and really deliver on it with excellence is a differentiator for businesses that is hard for others to touch. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Um, and obviously reaching this goal standard of personalization is, you know, not an easy feat by any stretch of imagination, hence why we have experts like yourself to help uh, brands out. Um, what would you say are some of the common pitfalls that companies tend to fall into when it comes to personalization in the context of customer experience? Uh, you know, some of the key pitfalls are really the, the same ones that you would see in other areas of business when you're trying to implement something new. And so I think this, this connects back to what you were just asking about, you know, speaking with executives and, and their understanding of this. So, you know, if you don't have a clear objective and strategy for approaching personalization, it's going to be really hard to capitalize on your desired results there. I mean, if you look up a list of CX trends, there's lots of lists out there. You're probably going to find personalization on a lot of them. And this can cause brands to have really kind of that knee jerk. We should be doing something reaction. And so if you have not aligned those goals that you have for personalization with your overall business strategy, you're going to have a hard time um, really moving the ball continuously. Um, and again, I think another is just that not to lose sight of a customer's motivations and emotions, you know, and relying too much on that technology to deliver the personalization. Uh, the power of personalization is really fostering an emotional connection with your customer and doing that through making them feel heard and understood and then delivering to them in a way that feels seamless and customized to them. And so uh, even though there's many great technologies on the market, the companies that are really winning at personalization leverage those in a way that amplifies that they have that customer understanding and not just to um, for the sake of doing it. Yeah, we had a, a guest on the other day that was um, it was talking in the context of AI, but I think it's quite fitting here. It's it's thinking about it as almost the co-pilot rather than being reliant on technology to your point. Um, it should be there to just support your efforts because I suppose if you become too reliant on it, then you lose that that human touch and you lose that kind of emotional connection, which is, I guess, the driving force behind personalization. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's an age-old um, argument that, you know, there's, especially with the rapid pace of innovation in technology, sometimes we, we want to use it as a silver bullet, but if you don't have everything built around it, the strategy... Um, the information that you need to direct that technology, then uh, it's just it, you're just not going to have as good of results. Absolutely. So we've covered some brilliant ground today, Sari. As a closing thought, what steps can companies start to take to improve their personalization strategy and how can they start to measure the impact that this is having on their business? First, I would say. Again, be sure that you have that defined goal. Uh, you have defined goals and objectives and have connected them to the overall company strategy. Second, and this one might be painful for some organizations, but you have to ev evaluate your enterprise data strategy. So again, personalization is challenging to do without data. And so evaluating the data that you have and then evaluating the data you don't have, where's the gaps, and starting to correct those and, and making sure that you are creating you know processes and infrastructure that's going to help you have the information you need to deliver on that personalization um 
you know, as I mentioned with reactive personalization, also take the time to segment your audience and look from the lens of not just traditional segmentation approaches. So, you know, geography or size, things of that nature, but also segmenting by behavior and preferences, because that's really going to set you up for success um, as you're trying to move up those three levels. And as for how you measure impact, um, if you're going to do the work to define your objectives for personalization, that's really going to lend itself to identifying the key results that are going to make sense for your implementation. And it's probably not going to be the same for every organization. So if, for example, your objective in implementing personalization is to reduce the number of customers that you're losing within 90 days of purchase, and you know from the data that you have that customers are defecting most uh, when they don't use a certain feature of your product, then perhaps you would measure increases in the use of that feature due to a specific effort that you made to uh, reach those customers in a personalized way. So, you know, thinking about what are the leading indicators of uh, those objectives that you have versus measuring specifically on something like customer churn. But I would say at a higher level, of course, there's also the the key CX metrics that we hear about a lot, like net promoter score or overall experience or measuring loyalty. I think those can be very effective as well in helping to um, bear out the the proof that some of these efforts are working. Fabulous. Sarah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Business of Customer Love podcast hosted by Mention Me. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to join us next time where we'll be speaking to some more amazing guests about how you can harness the power of customer love. See you again soon.